Podcasters, welcome back to Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack. Radio boat of a Panthera. So this is going to be a. I have to. I'm going to do this off of memory, but we can be found all over the place right now. We're on iTunes, Google Play, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio. It might be all. And your mom's room. As well as uh, <laughs> as well as our our uh, fabulous host site, Podomatic.com. Thank you, mucho gracias. Check us out on all the social medias Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at HMOA number 6 PACK. Email directly HMOA number 6 PACK at gmail.com. We would love feedback, comments, suggestions, artist reviews. Test your mic again, man. Are you working over there? I don't know. I seem kind of low. I know. Like, like, I can't tell if I'm like eating it too. Are you outset? You're loud. You're, you're bringing him up. Hey, right up, up, hey. Oh, oh there up, he is. Hip, up, hip. If I raise everybody, I don't know. I guess. Pop anonymous. Is that is that better? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an engineer. <gasps> I am not. <laughs> well, as always, we have a killer show lined up for you. Yeah. Do we, want, do we want to start with news, Anthony? Are we ready to start with news? Sure. Do it. Newscaster Anthony. Tonight at 7.30. Heavy metal headlines. So my top ten for today is the ten heaviest Queen songs. Ooh, <laughs> ten heaviest Queen songs. Ooh, I'm curious. A large Queen fan as as I am. I hope I do this in the right order. <laughs> so did you last time? Backwards. Wait, I'm sorry. That wasn't with them. Okay. So this song, Silver Salmon. Unreleased, which helps no one. 1972. It's an extremely rare word I can't pronounce of a song originating in May and Taylor's former group known as Smile. So I know they kind of took that and threw that into it. Um, next is Son and Daughter of the self-titled 1973. I have to just let you guys go off on this one because I'm, I'm I'm not familiar. I'm I'm. Letting it gestate in the head. Okay. Rumbling seductively on a gargantuan Lamy school doom riff. These songs are supposed to be heavy? Evidently. Okay. By Sludge Hooligans Iron Monkeys. I'm curious what Queen Evidently. considers heavy. What's the song called again? Son and Daughter. It's a dirty stoner blues metal snarl. About a son and a daughter? That's so weird. Afternoon Delight. Sorry. Arrested Development. (laughs) Arrested Development. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Whatever. Semi-Black Sabbath. The guitar riff. 
Yeah, sometimes I think like their their definition of uh, heavy and my definition of heavy are just two very different. Well, things. it all depends who's mm-hmm. grading it. All right. Uh, next is Hence. Ogre Battle Queen uh, Two, nineteen seventy four. So the first, uh, so that was the second album. So those are the first two. The mythology of kings and queens, senators and messengers, fairies and ogres. Mm-hmm. Okra. okra. <laughs> Ew, so slimy. Uh, next is Stone Cold Crazy, which is off of Sheer Heart Attack, 1974. All right. Introduced <laughs> to a new generation of young metalheads when Metallica covered it on B-side of Enter Sandman. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Death on Two Legs at... Sorry, A Night at the Opera, 1975. Mm-hmm. Uh, an incandescent song of hate from the poison pen of Mercury. Later covered by Dream Theater in Bay Area Thrasher's <laughs> Heathen. I will never leave you. There, there is no escape. Uh, white Man. <clears throat> A Day at the Races, 1976. A proto-Run to the Hills protest song about the massacre of Native Americans by invading pale-faced imperialists. Uh, Sheer Heart Attack. Mm-hmm. News of the World, 1977. The creepiest album cover of all time. Alright, I'll give you I'll give you that. <coughs> According to the family guy, I suppose. Uh, an artful spoof of the flourishing punk trend. 1977 had... Relegated Queen to has been status at 30 in the eyes of the inverted snob rock media. Fuckers. Um, this song offers a perfect sonic realization of an album title from 74 with blistering jackhammer guitars, a frantic, rasping beat, and lyrics bristling with wry teenage disaffection cliches. Next song is Dead on Time from Jazz 19. 19- 78. This overlooked energetic deep cut from Queen's last album of the 70s was virtually beating a path with speed metal, speed metal or a glam rock stop at five times the speed, voltage, and adrenaline. Good song. Classic. Next is uh, Was It All Worth It? Off the Miracle 1989. Mm. Uh, occasional air guitar anthems like Hammer to Fall and One Vision got harder and tougher on stage. Where Queen continued to reign, which I believe that's fair. I feel like they they actually have. Um, I don't think they're on here. They um, must have a they must have like a DVD box set of like live I'm concert sure footage. I have a Queen live at uh, Wembley Wembley Stadium. That's the most prolific live. performance. They have an unreleased version of We Were Rock You, which is like the, the rock version. It's like fast. It is actually pretty good. They play it on the radio sometimes. I can't find it, like, separately, but they have, like, the hidden whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, the last one on this list is, uh, The Hitman. Innuendo, 1991. <laughs> Sequence from Maximum Impact. Blasting I feel like this was in no blazing. particular order. It was it chronological. Be, yeah. It sounded chronological. It's, it seems to be going in that mo- uh, mm. order. The Hitman's aggressive opening volley of insistent chords and meaty, swaggering rift perfectly express the violence of the ruthless guns for hire lyrics i'm surprised that flash wasn't on this list flash oh 
yeah, that's uh, one of the ten for you. All right, heavy metal listeners. That's our. Are that's, you Queen fans? So you're headed for Queen, man. Are you? And if you're not a Queen fan, fan, you're wrong. <laughs> I will second you on that. The uh, movie's coming out too. Yeah. It actually looks pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm, the guy who I'm, plays him looks very, very. Mr. Even, Robot, man. Even uh, like even the guy who plays uh, Brian May looks at the yeah. hair. I mean, it's it's spot like, on. I'm I'm super interested. Totally. It's on my radar. Very I've rarely do movies hit my radar these days. It looks, looks good. This is when the like, acapella comes in and you're like, what? <laughs> so, no, of course. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is just a classic song. Oh, it's a great song. And this song, B-Side, Fat Bottom, I think, Fat Bottom Girls was either the B-Side to bicycle, or bicycle was the B-side okay. to Yeah, because it's kind of the same. I can't remember. I like, um, because it can't stop me now. That's probably like one of my favorites. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Any news from anyone else here? Yeah, Jay, for, forgive me. I, no I, news articles today? I have a I got back- nothing. I got a backup. I do I have something do to report. I do have something to report. Nope, do you think? Do, do something. I, I got one. Let me just find which one of my nine screens here has my information. Is it bad that I'm kind of hoping that this is a Muppets version of this song? I wish. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to focus. So, um, I actually stumbled over this. This actually came of, uh, off of uh, WAAF.com. Oh, a public memorial for Chester Bennington to be held in Boston. Oh, wow. Uh, this article is actually on July 6th. Now, talk about crazy. It's already been almost a year. I was going to say. Like, it's already almost been a year for Chester Bennington's death, like, suicide. Like, it just felt like, 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 this past spring. It's been a rough three years, musically. I agree. Like. So, a couple reasons why I bring it up. Um, I'll I'll read some of the article verbatim here. As we, uh, as we come closer to the one-year anniversary of Chester Bennington's Bennington's death, public memorials and vigils throughout the world will be taking place on July 20th, 2018. With Boston being one of the many cities paying tribute to the late Lincoln Park vocalist, the memorial service will take place at at the Soldiers and Sailor Oh my god. At the Soldiers and Sailors Monument on Boston Common on July 20th at 3 p.m. and July 21st at noon. According to the event, attendees are encouraged to show their support by bringing Lincoln, Lincoln Park music, guitars, and small speakers to play and sing LP songs, huh. as well as uh, posters, pictures, etc. Hmm. Um, if you go to uh, if you go to the link, there are details on the, on an event page that are uh, available via link. Uh, Chester's widow, Talina Bennington, shared her thanks to all Lincoln Park's fans' support and posted a link to all of the other memorial services being held around the world. I thought it was actually very uh, progressive of the Boston area to actually no, be uh, yeah. no, totally. participating and uh, giving their lands. Are they from the area? No. Okay, I didn't. No. I didn't think so. That's why right. I was just. I didn't know if there was um, a connection. New York, New Jersey. Yeah, I was say New York, New Jersey. I thought, but I would have to look that up because. Um, I mean, they could even be California bands. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, th- I thought they were East. But don't. Quote I did too. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speculate because I don't have the information right in front of me, so I don't want to give. But no, nah, cool. Cool that. I mean. I, I give Lincoln Park a lot of a lot of credit because they're 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 very unique. I agree. As far as far as I'm concerned, and um, it's hard to believe it's already almost been a year. Thank you, Faith. No more. 
Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, kind of a, a sidebar to the whole um, memorial and whatnot. I know... Um, California. Thank you. So they're West Coast. Uh, Seether. Um, mm. They do a song called Rise Above This, which the lead singer wrote for his brother who committed suicide. And if I'm correct, they do a Rise Above Fest every year. Okay. Or at least they used Up to. Up in Maine, isn't it? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah hmm. Bangor, Bangor, Maine. Yeah, and yep. um, it's it's through the whole awareness of suicide, and it's for, for his brother and the whole thing, and I think they usually either headline it or, or a part okay. of it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's, that's, I've, I've seen that one. Yep. Because he, uh, uh, he actually uh, sets up shop, like, up in, um, uh, I, believe it, I believe it's called Maltonboro. Okay. Mumbo, New Hampshire, is that a place? Yeah. Sounds, <laughs> sounds right. Sounds it right. Now. I believe that is a town that he actually has a residence. Isn't like one of your like, cousins live next to him? Or yeah, like an unofficial sister-in-law. Supposedly was a, nec- a next-door neighbor for a while. But no uh, no free stuff or any uh, cool paraphernalia has come back from that. So <laughs> not, 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 expect- not, that not that I'm asking everybody to bring me stuff for free. Being like a beggar type, but but bring some free shit. So yeah, yo, uh, that's actually, yeah, that's actually relatively soon, July twentieth and twenty first. You can go to Boston and uh, go uh, pay tribute, homage to uh, the great, late great Chester Bennington. Show the love. Yeah, do it. Just not while you're there. To, you know, no, 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 no. You know. um, I have a small news. Not even a full article. It's just more or less the thought that's thrown out there. Uh, members of System of a Down are in the studio together. Ooh. They have some some photos of them in the studio. Um, obviously, it's still you know the, they got the tool effect where they're like we could be doing it. But uh, I'll say this: in 2016, Surge probably had an entire album written. Right. Because they all do their own. Yeah. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, they're all busy. So, they're all, they all, I mean... Which well, I mean, that, that actually depends, like, who's actually doing the writing, because, um... And his name is going to escape me. The guitarist's name. Not his brother, is it? I believe so. John Dalman? No, that's the drummer. I apologize. He's the one who has that. He actually has his side project, and he, he said, it's like, well, I have all these songs written, and I put, like, my new, like his side project we put a new album on hold because system of a down was room like we we're rooming to get back together and actually yeah, write some music we, so yeah, he was going to bring that. these tracks i'd have to like re-listen to our episodes because mm-hmm. i actually did the new story on this but he, or i think we both i think we do <laughs> we do news story this one like i'm yeah. such a fan of surge tanking solo stuff i like system but i prefer his solo stuff um, interesting. The uh, one of the pictures that was posted through Instagram, um, Odagian, if that's how you say it, their bassist, is actually playing guitar in said picture. Hmm. And the quote under it is great song ideas flowing from a very strong songwriter. Which could be, into- I don't, it's okay. kind of like, right. it's kind of a weird thing. Um, but small side note. Uh, System of a Down is going to play four shows on the West Coast of the United States this October. Fucking West Coast. Including an all-dayer at Glen Halen Amphitheater in San Fernando. 
Bernardino. Bernardino, thank you. Uh, with Incubus, Clutch, at the drive-in. Incubus is more. still a band? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Weird, right? Yeah. It's only been like 15, 20 years since I put out an album. They got that weird cult following. Like somebody says Incubus and like all these weirdos like come out running. Yeah, and then those of us that <clears> listened <throat> to the first album and then everything else afterwards. That should have been a good B-side because like my favorite Incubus song is probably Science. Dude, that album's min. That album's pretty good. That like album's like so fucking good. The rest of them, as far as I'm concerned, are one hit winners. <laughs> it's... They went the route of we want to make money. Who have seen them like, Which, live, though? Okay. Their drummer is absurd. Oh, he's crazy. Absurd. He's crazy. It reminds me of... Uh, kind of a weird side thing um if you've ever seen um don't mess with the zohan yes he's in that i believe that the 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 guy i'm thinking of i can't believe i've literally just completely blanked out his name but he's gonna drive me nuts so i shouldn't even brought this up because we wouldn't be in this predicament (laughs) this is why we're called heavy metal over a six pack (laughs) and honestly we do all right Sometimes. Today is not one of those days. No, no, it's not. <laughs> you guys do all right. I probably lose my shit every so often. Dream theater. Oh, stop it! <laughs> like half a beer. I'm you know, gonna get a rise out of me. I could give two shits about the dream theater. Hey, I'm gonna find it right now. All right. Dave Matthews, Jesus Christ! Oh God! I know. You couldn't remember Dave Matthews. I know. That's that's why I'm really mad about that old thing. The drummer is phenomenal as well. His entire band is... Yeah. This is Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack Tribute. Ah, well, so today we've actually, um, we, we've decided to, our uh, today's main event for, uh, for, uh, this, uh, for this episode, we've decided to, uh, I guess it would be called, I, I don't know, I guess this would be an extended artist profile. Tribute. Artist okay. tribute, but we, um... We wanted to take today and actually highlight Pantera. I mean, re- recent events. Obviously, we uh, recently lost Vinnie Paul, mm-hmm. um, Dimebag, many many years ago, um, and we, we we've discussed the greatness of Pantera in the like in the past and uh, kind I feel of like they're almost brought up at least once every episode. Yeah, kind of passingly. I mean, you, know, you have a top of heavy heavy metal. I think Pantera is going to land on it every every so often. So I mean. Uh, we decided to just kind of like uh, the three of us kind of butt heads and actually just do a uh, a full out heavy metal over a six pack tribute to the um, to the greatness that is the mighty Pantera. Mm-hmm. Well deserved. So we did a uh, we did all kinds of crazy show prep prior to this. We had a very long, extensive meeting on how we were going to organize this information. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We. Yes. So I mean, in all honesty, I, I, I mean, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of resources we're going to be able to refer to, but I mean, I, I think a lot of the discussion. I mean, this, uh, you, you're, you're going to actually get some like raw emotion and feeling just from like the three of us as like, as a, what Pantera like actually is to us, what they mean to us, what we know of them, and then we'll fact check the best we can. That way, we're not giving you whole all kinds fat of fat check. Did I say fat check? No. Fat kid. Should have. Fat kid. Okay. Well, fat fact. Fat. <laughs> to make sure we're not Lord giving you all kinds of fat fun. fact Oreos make you fat. <laughs> so, gentlemen, 
with that being said, I don't, I, I don't know if you had a vision and how we should start this. Or I have a few kind of side little I, I think, on Pantera. I think starting this, we start by saying goodbye, Vinny. Okay. I mean, we, we weren't doing the podcast with Dimebag when Dimebag passed. Right. But it, it is the... the I, I can't see how the band can continue on. <laughs> with them both gone they're the founders as, like, they're Pantera? both the founders like mm-hmm. it's their band sure as much yep, as as, as Phil is the, the lead man and Phil was later too they had a he's not even the first right. singer but the founders of Pantera are the Abbott Brothers have left us um, and it's the end of an era with that being said uh, Bill Ward uh, he actually uh this, this actually originally aired at uh, Vinnie Paul's Public Memorial at the Bomb Factory on July 1st this past year. But this is a uh, uh, Black Sabbath's Bill Ward read a heartfelt poem for Pantera's Vinnie Paul. Okay. Shall we? Sure. Yeah. Um, this is a poem for Vinnie. Soon the grief will arrive on its path to eventual healing. Soon the anger and loss will become more dominant for a while. What is this passion that withers slightly now, but remains strong in our hearts and memories? You saw now as you did when you were here, the tempo intertwined often and connected us to your new possibilities. You laid in hard and soft, overcame and became great. Perseverance and a no matter what example, we could all examine now and forever. One of our best metal drummers, rooted in, firm, pulling us in, taking us to our hearts, to the solemn place, the untold. Pretty special. Nice, nice. Well, shit. Right? Yeah. Take that. I know, I keep bringing like the downer stuff. I'm sorry. It's not a downer. I want to call it a downer. <clears throat> but no, I mean, this, this is the stuff. I mean, that, 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 was, that was huge. I mean, I think, I think that effect, that's one of those ones that like, it, when, when Vinnie Paul left us, I mean, I think, I think the music world was actually affected. Yeah. No, I, well, I mean, one of those things that, that you, you know... Dimebag was the wound. Right. But, and, and what I've noticed... Vinny is, was the death ev- Everyone, you know, gets the info through, you know, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. or whatever. But it's one of those things you're kind of going through, and you're like... And your heart, like, stops. You're like, wait. Did I just what? read what I just Right, read? exactly. And well, it's crazy because... That's like, how you know it's, it's a big... Yeah. I mean, you know, probably 100% of us have, like don't necessarily have like a personal experience with like Vinnie Paul like maybe 99.9% of us don't have a personal mm-hmm. experience with Vinnie Paul but it's like you 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 get so connected to these artists yeah. and these music when, right. when something like this happens like you just like you, you're like actually emotionally affected by it and like I mean you look at it as 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 though and, and because this is why music is so important because Music means different things to different people, but it always touches people in 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 their own personal way. Um, and 
being someone who was alive from the beginning of Pantera, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, like the, these are icons who, when I first saw them, they weren't icons. They 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 literally grew into being legends through their music, through their talent, and <clears throat> watching the rise. And I don't want to say fall because I don't believe they had a fall. I don't think so. I think the they, rise and the end. I think that they found their spot and they're like, "We're good." Yes. Leave it. Play it safe. Um, it's like you watch these friends who don't know that you're their friend. <laughs> because they, they've, they've done things. They were there for you in certain moments. Mm-hmm. Going to uh, go back to a memory, little memory lane, back to episode one. I think I started this podcast with like some uh, almost famous quotes. Because okay. I, I love that movie. The Miss Penny Lane, almost famous quote. Never take it seriously. If you never take it seriously, you never get hurt. You never get hurt, you always have fun. And if you ever get lonely, just go to the record store and visit your friends. Which is like just very fitting, I think, with like that uh, oh, like yeah. that, that whole wrap up because I mean that's exactly like we, we're all like, oh man, like we like we all feel like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the the music world thing, yeah. and and fans in general took a hit. Mm-hmm. And again, it's been a rough couple years, musically. Um, legends have 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 left us, mm-hmm. and Anthony, I hate to put you on the spot, man. But being a being a fellow drummer, maybe you can uh, you can shine some light. Like, how would you say like that, like whether it be like the styling or maybe just like the attitude, the persona, like what what. What kind of effect would you say Vinnie Paul has actually had on the overall? Well, I've thought of this, I think I, I may even have mentioned this before, but uh, now, in all fairness, I have listened to, I listened to Metallica before Pantera. Mm-hmm. And because they were, they were more prominent. They were I more on the radio, well. they, they, you know, because Pantera has always been their thing and they didn't really need to be, you know. And you, you, you hear your, um, your Metallica catalog and you, we all know the drummer to Metallica and his, I'm, I'm not going to poke fun in, in a more serious note, but, but as soon as, and then you find out about Pantera and you're like, okay, but you know, you have Walk, you know, you have the, the well-known, you have Cemetery Gates, you have the well-known ones, but like any B-side or any non-headlining song, like it's always that everything has that extra crazy guitar or the crazy drums and, and picking up when I heard Pantera it was like click the drums I'm like Metallica doesn't do this you know what I mean and you're like what, what is this you know and, and, and that's as a drummer I will interpret you, that I mean, as that was the pickup for someone me. going from black and white to color sure yeah no it, that's that's a good way to put it because mm-hmm. I'm like wait you can do that you know what I mean just to bridge off that a little bit, this article, I actually remember reading this many years ago, but this actually was from October 23rd, 2014. Uh, this was a, uh, an interview that Blabbermouth.net did with uh, Vinnie Paul. And the, the headline is, a lot of newer metal drummers play too much. Okay. So, I mean, that's fair. He's, he's been more simple. He's not as nuts. 
he does what's called for. Yeah. Agreed. <clears throat> this is during an appearance on Hey Breed, frontman Jamie's official post to just to show Vinny said about his drumming influence. I've always really loved the guys who made me want to play drum. Wait, that's not the one I wanted. I'm so sorry. Uh, former Pantera and current Hell Yeah drummer Vinnie Paul Abbott says that he still loves all the legendary musicians that he grew up listening to, but is unable to appreciate many of the newer extreme metal six men because they just quite simply play too much. Um, there's another point I was going to make. I just remember like reading this because like this is actually I believe this is around when uh, Hell Yeah actually started forming and they started getting like more uh, like more um, interview and more radio play and like kind of a thing and like he actually kind of threw that out there. Hell yeah, he's got to be like, like a decade older than all of those guys at least. Huh? I would imagine, yeah. Like I couldn't believe that, like fifty-four. Well, um, the lead singer of Mudvayne—he's not—he's not a young buck. He's been around for a while. Uh, late thirties, low forties, yeah, I would say. So it's, yeah. But. Um, I have, I found this. It's uh from Phil and Selmo. He uh, kind of spoke about Vinny's professionalism throughout their entire career, and uh, this is quoted. Uh, While the rest of us were drunken buffoons, Vinny had to drive. He had to settle at the end of the night. He had to do all that type of work that a tour manager would have to do, Phil said. He was always a business guy, very, very, very smart businessman. Um, I think he probably got that from his dad. Uh, Phil also gave props to Vinny's uh, proficiency in the recording studio. After uh, producer Terry Date would put in 24 hours of time behind the board, Vinny would often take over and record um, and some of his vocal parts. Vinny would come in, he would always have a great attitude, and he also added that um, you can't be negative when you're behind the glass. He was very encouraging, very easy to work with within that capacity. I, I gave him giant props. And it taught me a whole lot about being in the studio later on in life, keeping things light. I thought that was cool, that I'm even when you look at like the entire band, Vinny just is just kinda like he's oh he just seems more well kept. Well, I mean you know what I, I mean? I without sounding like I, I'm I'm I think he was a, a quintessential drummer. He kept quiet. Yeah. He, he did, did his thing. thing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, which always worry about the quiet ones. <laughs> so to, uh, to jump around and, uh, to jump around the, the history lessons here, kind of, kind of to Vinny, Vinny's, uh, professionalism. Um, there's a louder sound.com. Oh, metal hammer, metal hammer.com. They, um, this was after a uh, dime bag, Daryl, um, had, had passed. They actually got everybody together on a phone interview because that was the only way they all agreed to do it. But they couldn't all be in like the same room together. But um, let's find that segment real quick. Okay, so when Pantera was officially discovered, 1988, Power Metal would be the last Pantera album to sport the glam rock image. It was also to be Pantera's last self-released album before signing to a major label. And sometimes the gods have to pl- have a have a hand to play. On September 9th, 1989, Hurricane Hugo hit the east coast of America, and an A and R guy got stranded in Dallas. Pantera happened to be playing a little disco party 
that night, and despite the band trying to, trying to put him off, it was a disco after all, he came down to see them. It was pretty easy to pick him out of the crowd, and Pantera set about, the biz- set about to the business of impressing him. He left after four songs. So we're all like, ah, fuck it. Another one that came and went. Let's start partying, recalls Vinny. We started doing shots, <laughs> sliding around in birthday cake on stage, and about four songs later, he came back in, and we had to get serious again. <laughs> Shit. Outstanding. He, he said we were the greatest live band he'd ever seen. And we're like, uh, really? Why did you leave? He's like, I went out to call them and tell them I'm signing you guys. That's funny. True story, buddy. That's funny. <laughs> so, it, that's funny. 89. That was the year Dimebag auditioned for Megadeth. I heard about that. I know that was one of the, my lists. And it, it, the, the quote I read says successfully mm-hmm. auditioned for Megadeth. Right. So that's, 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 that's interesting because they did a European tour in 93 with Megadeth. Yep. I think they were very big fans. I think they were, they were actually probably good friends. I love this part Dave of the article, State. though. I'm actually going to read the rest of this paragraph. Well, let's put it this way. Dimebag had a signature shot. And his signature shot is called the Black Tooth Grin. And it's named after a lyric from a Megadeth song, Sweating Bullets. So prior to opening for Megadeth, they had actually gone on a European tour. Um, they, were, they were opening for like Judas Priest and Annihilator. And um, the problem with their first European tour was they were universally hated. They were, they were saying that like, oh, um, three months sharing a tour bus with Annihilator, the most t-shirts they sold was 12. And that happened in Spain. Wow. Like, they had a very unsuccessful trip. So Megadeth actually talked them into... It's like, oh, guys, like, come on. It's a better come pairing. Come on, come, come open with us. So, despite the ban, they vowed never to return. It wasn't until 1993, after much arm-twisting from Megadeth, that Pantera tried their luck across the pond again. By this point, there was a buzz about the ban, and vulgar display of power was already on the shelves. Brimming over go. with modern metal classics like Walk, <laughs> This Love, and Fucking Hostile. It was a move that Classic. Megadeth... It was a move that Megadeth would probably regret. Subtly, it was Mega Who. <laughs> if, quote, if you're going to be overshadowed by the new kid. Quote, yeah. oh, we fucking crushed them. <laughs> Grins Phil. But that's not all that tough. We played with a chip on our shoulder every single night. All the years of being bogged down in the fucking clubs most certainly fueled me. But speaking specifically about our return to the UK and Europe, I think we all felt we had a whole shitload to prove because of our first time around and how rough it went and how dismal it really was for us. But it was the same in America as well. I'm not going to lie. We were hometown heroes in Texas, but it was like being a small fish in a large ocean again once we did our that first tour with Exodus and Suicidal Tendencies. There were a lot of crossed arms, curious looks. People didn't really know what to think. But once we kept backing that up with show after show, I think the negative experiences really fueled us to kick everyone's fucking ass. Like, I'm a fan of suicidal tendencies. Okay. I don't know if I would have paired Pantera with suicidal tendencies. Okay. Um, a little more. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I think, uh, like, so their first European. Suicidal tendencies is a little more grim, a little, little darker, a little. Yeah, I, I. Their first European tour was Judas Priest. And. I'm not. I, I I can't think of Annihilator for some reason. Like nothing is uh, nothing's popping in my head. But I mean, when you when when you do something like that and like the 
like maybe 1990, 91 ish, and like whatnot. 1990 they're, was when they toured with Suicidal Tendencies. They're, they're one album Summer out from 90. being the glam rock band. Oh, yeah. Well, they started off mm-hmm. like, like, I mean, they had been playing for a decade mm-hmm. before. They, they had they, four albums before Phil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and that was their big break. They, they, they hit, they toured with Exodus, Suicidal Tendencies, sure. 1990, and... I, and the, the heavy thing actually Label pairings, because, man, yeah, label pairings. The actual, the, actual comment on the, uh, the actual comment was, Phil actually looked at the guys, like, listen, like, you guys brought me onto this, like, I'm, I'm done with this barroom bullshit. And the, the band, like, universally said, all right, <laughs> okay, let's, let's get heavy, let's get crazy, let's... So, I mean... They kind of they kind of pushed that envelope when there wasn't really an envelope to push right, yet, right. And, like necessarily. Yeah. Like at the time, like, if if you read like all of these articles, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read all all of them word for word verbatim because like I've I've actually gone through like all the material. Like what ended up happening when Pantera is so they they came in like with like a thrash like like heavy thing. Metallica was doing their thing in the early 80s, but they were starting to cool off a little bit. Like, they're coming out with the Black Album, so that's kind of going in a different direction. 80s glam rock was, like, fizzling out. Like, it wasn't, you know, the spandex and, like, the crazy hair and, like, all that stuff was starting to go away. So they had to kind of, like, get away from that image. And then in the early 90s, that's when, like, the grunge and the alternative started to, like, come in. It's like... So now the big thing was like all these guys from like Seattle, like that all sound the same, and like the like the grunge presence, you know, with the exception of like you know the Sound Gardens, which are very unique. But sure. so well, they were okay. trying to wiggle their way like through like these. So 1983, Pantera has their debut album, 83, under the, the name um, Pantera, Pantera's Metal Metal Magic. Yeah, it was like a whole... Like... Not... And that's where... Or was it... Metal Magic was the title of their 1983 debut album. They play on the band's original full name, Pantera's Metal Magic. Um, And Pantera, which it means panther in quite a few languages. Okay. But it's also... Mostly is it... Deviation from their hometown in Texas, which escapes me at the moment. Um, Catchy breakdown music. Uh, I wish I could Pantego, Pantego, Texas. Okay. And it, but they were fully immersed in that. 80s glam rock. Well, they're heavy like, influences. That's where they started. They were a cover band. Yep. That's insane. It's, it's so insane for me. To think you know what, that. though? It's not because, like, that's. That's how you start, though. Well, that's how any band starts, you know? Well, but being someone who, who learned about Pantera from Vulgar Display of Power, like, that, that, that's the first album I listened to. Yep. Okay. Um,. I had no idea where they came from. I didn't had no idea the history. Nothing, just that album. So you have a cover band that has like a lot of like Kiss and like a lot of. The, the thing is, is that the, um, Vinny and um, Diamond 
they're huge Kiss fans. Both both their caskets Kiss. Have, are Kiss, yeah. It's crazy, but yeah. Um, I, before we they we were get, definitely '70s kids. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, before we get farther, I, I actually have a, a list of 20 things that you probably didn't know about Pantera. And I figured the same I would, one I would, that I have. Probably. <laughs> and I figured I would throw this out before we start mashing and you catch some of the ones. Um, these are all pretty interesting. I've read through them a few times. 20 things we don't know about Pantera. Rock and roll. Ding, ding. Uh, number one. Pantera started out as a family operation. It is the same list. Yeah. yeah. Rock and roll. You know what? The we'll, we'll swap brothers, off then. Yeah. Uh, Daryl and Vinny's father, Jerry Abbott, produced and engineered their albums and released them. That's a pretty cool dad. Yeah, he is. That's kind of like, that's that's like a pretty cool band mom. Like, shit. Hi, mom. Yeah, we got a pretty cool band, Mom. What's up, Mom? Number two. Metal Magic was also the title of Pantera's 1983 debut debut album, a play on the band's original full name, Pantera's Metal Magic. And Uh, let me tell you, the the logo, if you've never seen the logo for Pantera's Metal Magic, go look it. Love it. Like... That's, that's some that's some late seventies right? like love right there. It's like, like that belongs on the side of a, a van. While she was getting an exorcism. <laughs> nope, that's later on in the little no yeah. facts. Um, number three, Pantera self-financed two music videos during their glam era, fronted by original singer Terrence Lee Glaze. All over tonight from 1984's. And then it cuts off. Yeah, I found that weird. I think it's part of the video. I think it's a transcript of the video. Dude, Terry Glaze, that's such a rock star name back in their 80s. Uh, Yeah, yeah. That can't be his real name. I want to see a birth certificate. (laughs) My name is Terry Lee Glaze. I'm from Texas. My real name was Terrence Jonathan (laughs) Johnson. My dad was a priest or a... Uh, very nice. Fun facts. I like this. Rock and roll. Number four. Before he mastered the bass, Rex Brown learned to play the piano and was a big fan of ragtime composer Scott Joplin. Probably makes him a better bass player. I, hey, that makes anybody a better musician. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been a stringed instrument guy, but if you can actually, like, supposedly, like, not supposedly, like, this is true, the, the, the chords and the, uh, the dynamic of the stringed instruments are the same on the piano. Yep. Me personally, the, the, the piano is, to me, is a lot more difficult. So if you can master a piano and translate that over, like you can do so much when it comes to chord play, scales, mm-hmm. and like whatnot, and your your understanding of it. Because I mean, you pretty much you learn music if you play piano. Right. So all you uh, up and coming guitarists out there, learn to play the piano. It'll do you good. And listen to every kind of music you can listen to. Don't pigeonhole yourself. You don't have to do that. Just listen to everything. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. As as the opinion, this is what I'm telling you. If you want to be a one-hit wonder, you don't have to do that. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, number five. After parting ways with Terrence Leakley's, Pantera briefly worked with the singer Rick. I'm going to say this wrong. My, my Thaisen? Yeah. My Thaisen? My Thaisen. did what to my face? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> of power metal band Pantera. Steel Prophets. Until eventually hooking up with, with Phil after. I don't think I've actually heard Steel Prophet. Huh? I know the name. Mm-hmm. 
Number six, prior to joining Pantera, Phil Anselmo fronted several NOLA bands, including one named Sam Hain, but not the same Sam Hain, led by Misfits legend. Glenn Danzig. Oh, not Danzig. Mother, did you not walk my way? When I hear mother, I think of um, San Andreas. <laughs> that was one of seven songs that always played. Like, I, I, that I, and Bones from Alice in Chains are like the oh seven God. songs. Okay. Like, that one I, I love that song. It's, it brings me back. Mm-hmm. But I won't say it hasn't aged well because I can still listen to it. But. I laugh now more when I hear right, it right. than I ever did before. Um, number seven. I don't know how this makes any sense, but I'm going to read it and see how it goes. <laughs> Power Metal's final track, P star S star T 88, features Diamond Daryl, as he was then known on vocals. Diamond Daryl. You know, I didn't even know that until today, that he was Diamond Daryl. Yep. I can't even imagine him doing vocals. I can't. Never know. I really can't. One of those things. Number eight. Daryl successfully auditioned for Megadeth's vacant lead guitar position in 1989. But apparently he couldn't convince Dave Mustaine. Uh, To hire his big brother, Vinnie Paul. Which... So that's why he kind of... I think they were like a two Well, I mean, Dave Mustaine had it had set up. I mean, yeah, at that point, well, that was metallic. They had been together for. I remember what Liz Claypool tried out for metallic. Oh god! And they're like, "You were too good, get out." I yeah, I recall that they were like, "No, leave, <laughs> leave." Are you try? Are you here? Are we being punked? Because uh, <laughs> he went to school with the um, what's the, the guitarist. Ah. Uh, I feel like Les Claypool knows everybody. He's one of those dudes. Yep. Um, yeah, it was just being like a studio, like walking down a hallway, and like all of a sudden, like, like Les is there. Hey, man, what's up? He probably knows everything about your family. How's your wife? Seriously, yeah. he's one of those dudes. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, what the hell? How's that cousin of yours? Out of that... curiosity, you just made me think of something. Okay. Has anybody heard anything from Buckethead? Since Dimebag passed away. Yeah, he was in um some weird conspir- conspiracy. He was in a. Yeah, I, I've been trying to figure oh, no. out who the fuck Buckethead oh, no. is for fucking like twenty years now, man. Um, I thought was, it was Slash. It's not Slash. What the well, fuck? Well, the thing is, it's he he played in Axel's Guns N' Roses. And then right, but Dimebag was still alive. Sure about that? Oh yeah, ba- when he played for Guns N' Roses, Dimebag was alive. Yeah, that was quite a while ago. Doesn't seem that long ago. Like, I I am determined to find out who the fuck Buckethead is. Determined. Okay, maybe. Because he's played with Slash, so it's not Slash! (laughs) Oh, well, we digress. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Number 10. The CFH tattooed on the side of Philip and and Selmo's head stands for... Cowboys from Hell. I mean. And then uh, Dimebag has actually the same one on his shoulder. Head. 
Can I digress really quick for you? Oh, yeah. Brian Patrick Carroll, born May 13th, 1969, known professionally as Buckethead, is an American musician who has worked within many genres of music. He has released 305 studio, studio albums, four special releases, and one EP. I'm and uh, he has also performed on more Somebody's than 50 lying. other albums by other artists. Somebody's lying. And they have a picture of him. He doesn't look much like, but like Dimebag, so... Yeah, Dimebag didn't have the flowing red locks. He was wearing a bucket with a wig in it. That looks like pretty real, <laughs> legit hair, though. That never changed in 15 years. It was always it the same length. Looks like he dyed it. Wait, he had a mask on. How do you know he had a beard? It's like 28 no, pictures of him. If you look, like, geez, simple. I'm Google. talking about Buckethead. Simple oh. Google, man. Simple <laughs> Google. <laughs> I like the mystique. Just let him have this. Let him have this. All right, undigress. So, okay, okay. Now, the exorcism. Where I said this would come back later. So, uh, perfect timing with the song that's playing in the background. Right. So, for the record, Walk is playing in the background for us, folks. Which, love this fucking song. 1992's Vulgar Display of Power album was named after a memorable scene in the 1973 horror classic The Exorcist. Or just the kid terrified the piss out of me. Oh, yeah. Like, the priest says something like, oh, if you're Satan, you know, do something. Sure. And Reagan at the time says, no, that would just be a vulgar display of power. That sounds like it would be from it. That's cool, though. Um, it's a pretty deep connection. Uh, I mean, shit. Gotta love fun facts. I like this one. Uh, number 12. <laughs> the Pantera fan who volunteered his face for the punch captured awesome. on the cover of so 1992's Vulgar Display of Power reportedly had to withstand almost 80 whacks before the money shot was secured. <laughs> I mean, you're a fan. You are a fan. You stepped up. You're like, hit me again. So it's even cooler to note that it's an actual punch to the I face. Mean, it's and not even know, like an edited thing. By, okay. You Man. figure by punch 15, he's like... 80 wax. Oh, fuck. I'm just going to reference a hangover. Like Dude, you just took a punch so from Mike Tyson. Sidebar, have you seen... Um, I Love You, Man? Yes. Which tries to pick a fight with uh, Lou Ferrigno. Who the fuck tries to fight Lou Ferrigno? Lou Ferrigno, who broke his wife's nose in his sleep. <laughs> Which is why Lou Ferrigno sleeps in a separate bed from his wife now. <laughs> Apparently has he, uh, he has the uh, night terrors. Yeah. <laughs> he, he whipped his arm over. Bam! Broke his wife's nose. Oh, I nice. mean, just like that. Like oh, that, that, And now they sleep in separate beds. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, we digress. Uh, okay. And, and you're going to have to finish the second part of this because all I have is a video link. Okay. 13. On Far Beyond Driven, Dimebag Daryl turned, tuned his guitar far beyond standard huh. rock and roll tuning, going as low as a C. Sharp. Is that sharp? Oh, that God damn, sharp, I'm right? not a musician. Yes. Okay. To get the heaviest... I assume sound. Sound possible for yeah. some songs. That's ridiculous. 
but that's the kind of thing I expect from Dimebag Daryl. To try some weird ass mm-hmm. shit. Um, I'm actually trying to um, to find the. Uh, I he- I heard once. I don't I don't remember if it was a story or if it was an article. Like somebody was either like telling me the story, but um, one of one one thing that makes Dimebag Daryl like so unique was I think his fingers were like. Like, when you think of, like, a traditional guitarist, like, they have very long, very flexible fingers. And, like, his were more on, like, the short and stubby <laughs> well, side. At, look at Dan Jacobs. So he had Trail. to, he had to kind of, like, adjust, like, his playing okay. style and whatnot, which is probably why, you know, he started going into, like, more drop tunings. Like, maybe he couldn't actually... Was Steinbeck a tall dude? Was he a short I don't dude? think he was um, tall. I picture him so much larger than I mean, Vinny Powers was a tall. See, I picture Dimebag so larger than Really? Okay. I picture Phil tiny and short and Wolverine-ish. Wolverine-ish. <laughs> but there's a lot of things like Please in, Di- in Dimebag's yeah, playing yeah, yeah. style. It's not Where's al- my family? It's not, always, <laughs> it's not always easy to emulate because like he had a different reach pattern than you normally would have like as a guitarist. That's pretty awesome. And like his ability to like hit those squeals and like actually hit the harmonics and like stuff like that. Like his his actual physical demeanor like actually allowed That gives me so much I mean, more appreciation for Dimebag. Because he, he adapted... Yeah, I mean, he I was like, "Okay, how can I do this?" If I if I can find the legit article for he it, he knew like, his instrument. I, I'm um, I'm, I'm trying to look for it right now. Like, I'll link it. I'll link it to the site. Like, obviously, I don't have to like read verbatim, but like, I think he was actually told like growing up, it's like you'll never be a great guitarist because you can't do this, this, and this. And he's like, "Well, fuck you." Like, whatever. It's like I'm just gonna like you know kind of do it my way, and you know, I said I. Our lead guitarist for our cover band, yeah. Marked, like he he he's actually told me before, like it's a hard style to play along with because he has a different reach pattern than like what you would normally. And well, that's what makes you unique in your in your own. Plus, he's epic. I love this tune too. This whole album. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. Vulgar display of power. If you haven't listened to it. And you're listening to this podcast. What the fuck is wrong with you? All that right. being said, go All right. listen to that album. I was gonna bring up eventually, like I wanted everybody to like pick their favorite Pantera album. We'll get there. So just pump the brakes a smidge. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Um, moving on to number, I four, number fourteen. I know it's really hard for us to stay on topic. But <laughs> we have to like really. We're 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 in, we're in a zone here. We're talking about a band like we there's all so much have. Pantera. There's so much Pantera going on right now. In the love for Pantera in this room, I'm wearing like it. Pantera boxers. Like <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find my shirt. I looked for it. I did. I couldn't find it. I have my Pantera cod piece. I don't even have one. It's like Iron Maiden. I don't have an Iron Maiden or a Pantera shirt. I'm like the worst band T-shirt guy ever. I am. Um, I have a lot of beer mine, ones. Though. All mine. I have a lot school. of beer ones though in my defense. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. We digress. Anthony's so, trying to get us back on target, and I keep interrupting. Pantera, uh, sorry, number 14. Pantera briefly feuded with Kerrang! magazine after the powerful heavy metal weekly printed an unflattering cartoon of drummer Vinnie Paul subtitled, You Fat Bastard. The hell is Kerrang! magazine? Exactly. I remember them. But. I, the name I, I've heard of Kerrang! before. Did they but, have cartoons? Exactly. I, everybody tried to have cartoons. Well, if you have cartoons, you're cool. Like in the 90s, late late 80s, 90s, they were like, wow, we got Mad Magazine. They do well with cartoons. Let's throw some cartoons in that shit. Sorry. (laughs) Song's stupid. I got caught up in the music. I got the music in me. Thank you, number 15, bro. 15. 
Now, see, I find this interesting. I didn't know this. Like, I really enjoy both bands. Um, while the band recorded 1996, The Great Southern Trend Kill in Dallas, Phil Anselmo cut his vocals back in New Orleans in Trent Reznor's studio. I mean... However, Anselmo told us he was with the band for the writing sessions. I believe that. Like, I can't see them... The, the Great Southern Trend Kill, correct me if I'm wrong, is the album where they're all kind of hanging out in a bar. I believe so. No. I'm no, sorry. I don't think that's right. This isn't off Great Southern Trend no, Kill. No, no, it's not. I'm trying. I'm just clicking around and I hit something on Okay, no, no, well, I'm not good with the tracks on, on the album. Was it great? Cowboys from Hell was the uh, one where they're in the bar. What, what does the, the Great Southern Trend Kill look like? The, the rattlesnake. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, the rattlesnake. The rattlesnake. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I hate to sound misinformed, but I'm getting my dates in my head confused. Cowboys from Hell was before that. No, what was that? Ow. No, I'm sorry. It was before that. I apologize. But it didn't become big until after it. Okay. Which, weird. Well, right. it got... There wasn't much off of it the It got a lot of extra... Uh, suicide notes. Notice because it, it appeared on soundtracks afterwards. Yeah. Because the album cover, the reason why I bring it up was like they, they were getting to that point where like it was a feuding. Was it like 95, 96 ish that um, like Ensemble actually started getting into like the drugs and like that's when the band like started feuding? I feel like at that point in time in music, everybody was getting into the drugs. Because maybe. And I know, I know. Thank you, Grunge. I know, I know you brought up uh, the great song Southern Trend Kill, but like around that album, everybody was everybody was photographed for that cover separately. Yes. And photographed. Oh, okay. And yeah, photographed we were, we were into that it. The last time, yeah. That and was like photoshopped into episode, it. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, uh, Vinnie Paul actually mentions of if you actually look closely, the headstock of, his, of Dimebag's guitar is actually cut off in the photo. I remember that. Yes. You saying that. Yep. But they were. Such a '90s thing. They actually did all of the recording in separate places. Like, they were never all in the same room together. Huh. Interesting. But it was, like, so bad to the point, like, they, they still all believed in, like, Pantera, but they couldn't be in the same room together. <laughs> so they did all of the recording. When you sing that type of music, it's going to bleed over. And you're going to get into those recording sessions and be like, I love you guys. Fuck you! <laughs> So next Tuesday, we're going to get together, me, you, and the wife, and we're going to have some chicken. <laughs> I've never looked at it, really. It's funny because, like, if you actually look at it, like, now and like, today's standards, like, it's, it's, it's clearly photoshopped. It's clearly photoshopped, yeah. <laughs> Hang on, wait a minute. That ain't right at all. Uh, going with the, uh, the trend, um, the trend kill. Uh, the song 13 Steps to Nowhere featured guest backing vocals by Seth Putnam. Notorious singer with New England grindcore favorites, Anal. Can anyone finish this? The band, Anal. C. The one we've talked about. UNT, yes. Like, I hadn't heard him until I read that article. Anal cunts. There you go. Okay. I don't know. I didn't My know virgin we, ears. I didn't know we were so, uh, we were so impressionable. <laughs> we weren't saying I'm words. just surprised that that article 
was the first time I had ever heard of the band. 55% of their fan base is probably female, too. You double standard little sassy bitches. <laughs> Edit here, Marcus. Fuck no, I'll leave that right there. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's the stupidest thing I say today. We did awesome. Um, next. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly. Moving Move on. Move along, please. Get off the cunts. Says Move the, along, Says please. the drummer. Anton Crowley. I'm sorry, number 17. So we're getting there, folks. Anton Crowley, who played guitar on cult death metal band Necrophagia's 1999 Which album. I've never heard. Really? You're going to have to finish the one for me because all I got is a video link. Uh, 1999 Holocausto de la Morte. Was what? actually... Philip Anselmo operating under Jesus pseudonym sorry under a pseudonym for legal reasons that was like his hidden you know I mean you know, think about how many bands seeing that, that name ready. seeing the name itself now Phil Anselmo and the illegals I'm like super joint ritual <clears throat> quit away your head buddy <laughs> um damage plan that was Vinnie Paul, right? Those are the Abbots. Yeah. Vinnie Paul okay. and Dabek. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and moving on. Number 18, Goddamn Electric from Pantera's final studio album, Reinventing the Steel, featured Slayer guitarist Kerry King performing a one-take guitar solo, which had been recorded backstage during an Ozfest. In a bathroom. <laughs> really? In a bathroom. That actually happened in a bathroom. Like, they Holy went into Slayer. it. They actually oh, did yeah. that. Like, he... Mm. It was either right before a set or like right after a set. He came right off a stage. They went into the bathroom. They had the gear. It's like, dude, you're doing this for us. Like they actually did it, did the take like one time in the bathroom. If we wait, this is going to get fucked up by managers, by labels, by anything. You record this right now. You, if I you think, flush, I will fucking kill you. I think part of the premise was, and I'm going off a of memory on this, so if there's a lot of fact checkers, I mean, by all means, you can, you can, you can write, write us in and correct me. But the reason why this happened this way was he committed to it, but they couldn't lock him down anywhere because like, he was so busy with, like, with his own scheduling and his touring and whatnot. So they pretty much hunted him down. That's They're like, no, dude, you're doing this. You're doing this like right now. And he's like, okay, fine, let's go. Here we go. Outstanding. So they did it in the bathroom. They like they they put it down. So far, they that is my favorite unknown they, Pantera fact. And the fun the funnest thing I think about it was after he completed it, they never like checked it or anything. He just said, "You're good." <laughs> so awesome. Walked out. In That's the, metal right yeah, there, man. You're all set. There you go. There you go. Enjoy. That's metal. You're all set. And just like walked out and like continued about his business and like that. I think. Like I said, I'm pretty sure that's how that story actually rolled. That's, that's funny. That's metal. You don't forget something like that, you know? No. Because oh. like that's that's like that's like you stick that's, that one right there. So awesome. like, that's that's fucking gold right there. Yeah, it is. Um, number nineteen, reinventing your steel again. Uh, one of the songs, Death Rattle, was used in an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. Entitled Pre-Hibernation Week. Now. You know to, why? Because that, that that cartoon is like well beyond its time. Yeah, it to is. to my knowledge. Sandy cheeks. To, Seven yeah. dirty words, baby. Sandy but, cheeks. That's the greatest. But that's to gross. my knowledge, from what I was to understand, unknowingly, Pantera did the theme song. Really? They're responsible for the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song. 
Okay. That's always. I don't have background information. The, so I can't. I that, can't that was I can't always the, I can't the urban legend that <laughs> I was told. Not agree. That was always the urban legend that I was told. Okay. That Pantera was responsible for the SpongeBob SquarePants no, theme song. No, if you actually go through the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song in your head, it makes a lot of sense. Right? <laughs> like the like. Just think of it. I can I'm hear not, Phil. I, I'm not. I'm not going to say it over the air because, like, you know, that's like an ear moth, like something fierce, and that gets stuck in your head for like a ear moth. Is this a generational thing? You never heard we, of an ear moth. We call them earworms. It's a. It's a. I listen to the Hillman Morning Show thing. He calls Sorry. them. He calls them ear moths. This doesn't go away. Keep smashing you in the earworms. It's probably the same concept. Yeah. He calls them ear moths, and like he plays these obnoxious songs. Like, well, it's all the just time. evolved from a worm to a moth. Evolution. All right, I'll take it. It's got wings now. Red Bull's got wings. And then they got sued because somebody was like, what the fuck, where are my wings? Probably can't, you probably can't say earworm over the air. We probably owe somebody a royalty. Probably. Like All whoever right. owns the Beatles or something. Fuck, my Facebook page fucking owes people. Right. Fucking yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. All right, number 20, the last and final one. All right. I'm going to miss these fun facts. It is. You want me to do it? Okay. It's you. This yep. is the half and half because, okay. again. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, at the yourself. age of 14, Phil Anselmo burned down a portion of his parents' house during a prank gone horribly wrong. That's, that's pretty much it. It just is a video link. Jackass in, life, in real life? Yep. Is it sad that uh, that's not surprising considering I've actually, I actually, in my my life have met several people who have burnt their parents' houses down. Makes sense. Can you imagine going to like Thanksgiving and like Phil and Samuel as part of your family? Like shows up. That's an upgrade for me. Oh come on. Let's not <laughs> yeah, get too it might be, might be here yeah, as well. I mean let's not get too personal. That, that's like Phil shows up, I'm like, oh who let the fucking cool guy in? <laughs> right? I feel like going to like Thanksgiving with, like Corey Taylor. You Just walks into the room. It's like I'm Corey. Side Corey note: Taylor. Did you see that video of Corey Taylor and Slipknot? They played. Was it Germany? I think it was somewhere in Europe, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't continue the concert because the entire crowd was going "fuck Nickelback, fuck Nickelback." I did. I yeah, like, they had that concert. He's like. Get it out. Just get it out. <laughs> I was like, that's so wrong. Awesome. It's an educated, fa- so educated fan base. Okay. <laughs> um, I, have a, I have a little small um, from Vinnie Paul talking about uh, Dimebag. Um, small sidebar? Uh, hell yeah, I actually covered a Phil Collins song. I don't care anymore. Mm. Okay. It's an interesting... It's not bad. It's not terrible. But... Um, uh, Vinnie Paul said, quoted, um, he has so much stuff before revealing where some of the recordings came from, the bathroom. Yes, Dimebag had a guitar and a tape recorder in the bathroom. Outstanding. You know why this makes sense? Like, what, is, what does everybody in the world do, right. like, when they're, on the, when they're on the crapper? Like, we're checking, like, our emails, our Facebook, <laughs> like, our whatnot. Like, this dude was, like, full-on work. Yeah. And this is his quote. This is actually Dimebag's quote. Man, that's who I write on my riffs. That's why my riffs are the shit. 
There's a reason I love this band. <laughs> the drummer then exactly said how his brother like had even written a song about Taco Bell. Uh, you run for the border. First you say it, then you do it. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. All right, so in the... Uh, I forget about Down, too. Down's one of uh, Phil and some of the bands as well. Yeah, with uh, uh, the Rex. bassist Rex is yeah, yep. he's part of that too. I don't like down either. Stone the something. Stone the. Isn't that one of those songs? Wasn't it? I wasn't. I saw. I saw down live. Yeah. A couple. Uh, actually, a couple of times. I saw. Yeah, him, I saw him in a festival. Stone the Crow. Good live. They were better live than they are recorded. Okay. Okay. But that's I, that's a live presence that Phil Anselmo gives you. Like he pretty much like you don't have a choice to enjoy his, but to enjoy like him playing live. He's a good front man. Um. Uh, 96, I know we were talking about this before, the drug thing, um, and saw more overdose on heroin after the Texas homage gig, uh, 96. So that was the, uh, that was probably his drug. So I went to, um, I went to my, uh, favorite, uh, polling site, and I figured I would, for, uh, for sake of argument today, okay. I went to, uh, like I said, my favorite polling site, thetop10s.com, and I just plugged in... Top 10 Pantera songs. I don't want to argue right now, but go ahead. Lay it on me. <laughs> no need to argue. I just... I... They had Rammstein on, like, their top something... Heavy metal. Dream Theater. Yeah. They didn't belong there. You're right. They, I mean, they all ended up getting crushed. We had a field of 32. We narrowed it down to one. They made it to, like, the second, third round. If I can just... A dick and whatever. Nice <laughs> dick. I thought this would be an interesting point of conversation. Okay, so I went. Gonna, I, I agree. I Lay went it on and me. I found Lay it. it on me. And you know what? It doesn't go into top ten. It actually goes well beyond. So maybe if Ooh. we don't like these top ten, we can just keep on we'll just going. Keep going okay. if they find right. one you want. All right. All right. Number one, Cemetery Gates. See, that's my favorite song. I, I find I get into a lot of arguments though with Pantera fans. Right. For so that here's, being my here's the song. thing. It's actually one of my favorite songs. I I taught myself how to play it, except for the solo. Can't play the solo. Full the squeals. I'm working on that. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, what do you do? Play drums. You hit things with sticks. I play Shut drums. up. You play drums. I love watching musicians argue. <laughs> <laughs> we actually don't generally argue. We don't normally know. <laughs> They're probably the ones that could care less. Out of the rest of them. That's actually like the thing. Like, I think if one of us is like frustrated with the other one, we just like go away. <laughs> we're like whatever, we're done today. Goodbye. Get, get out of my house. <laughs> we doing tomorrow. Um, no, I'm just my my thoughts on on Cemetery Gates. I feel like that's their kind of like boundary breaking song because you got Phil's vocals, which is, I agree. That is no other song. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And and I think that's kind of like that's their everything. There's two, in there's two in incarnations of Cemetery Gates. You have the actual original recording, which actually has like the dubbed over guitar, like the extended guitar solos, the extended intro, the vocals. Like he actually hits those notes, like oh, yeah. going back into like like the glam rock stuff. Like he actually shows like his pipes. But then you have like actually the one that was actually released with a 101 proof. No, okay, the live. Uh, the live yeah. one, which kind of cut all of that out and kind of showed you like. 
it, it kind of like brought some like reality to it. It's like this sure. is what you're gonna see like when you go out to a show. Now, I I think Cemetery Gates is a is a killer song. It's actually about um, it's it's a friend of Phil's who okay. I believe committed suicide. Okay. And like the whole premise of the song is, is like I couldn't cry at your funeral, like I couldn't, like, like I couldn't show you the emotion, but like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and again, I'm doing all this off of memory, so if we get fact checked, by all means, email and I'll, it's, I'll correct it's it. It's the beauty of this episode. Um, like this is all the crap that's like stuck in my lobes. Um, so as a fan, like it's actually like, like we, I lo- love it, but the. the the, the average Pantera fan like may not I mean it's not it's not it's not overly heavy it's not thrash no. you're not gonna mosh it's you're not gonna, you're not gonna it is and it's slow paced what's interesting is I actually wonder how much the band really committed to this like when it comes to the live fo- and the reason why I bring this up is because I actually saw them at an Ozfest now which it's a festival it's a festival for and this was actually a from what I remember, this was a killer Ozfest. Like this was a crazy, crazy lineup of Ozfest. And I actually remember Dimebag actually started playing the the intro to Cemetery Gates, and Phil's like working the crowd and like whatnot. They had the bottles of Jack on the stage and like whatnot. And then all of a sudden, like Phil, Phil actually just turned around and just like smashed this bottle of like Jack Daniels. You know what? Fuck that shit. He cut the whole song off, and I remember I was with my buddy Ryan, I think, because we're all like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> "Love this song, yeah!" And it's like, and all of a sudden, feels like, "No, fuck this shit." And then we're in the walk. Yeah. <laughs> See, so we're like, like hey. me, me and my buddy Ryan, we're like, "Oh, hey!" But <laughs> instead of being slow and like whatnot, like the. That was also a fun fact about this show. This was at uh, this was at Mansfield. Okay. Uh, that the, the it was Great Woods at the time. Field? It's Xfinity Center now. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Now. There was no floor at this time. Okay. It was seats all the way up to the stage. Really? That's madness. All right. And I actually remember Phil. He made like a lot of comments. It's like I know we're we're in this bullshit place, and these seats are fucking <laughs> stupid. But what you guys are going to fucking do is you're going to be fucking metal in these fucking seats. That means you're going to jump up and fucking down. You're going to put the fucking horns up in the air. You're going to headbang like you've never fucking headbanged before. And fuck these seats. Like, we're not going to let this ruin our night. What's interesting is uh, the, the, the next show I went to is actually uh, Corn and Stain, and there was a floor after that. Oh, so did, did Pantera make said floor? Not sure. I'm not. I'm not making that claim. I'm just saying it was interesting how that evolved. Hmm. That's a that's a story for another day. But I had general admission. I thought I was up in the lawn and it turned out we had floor seats, and it was like the best night of my life. But anyway, <clears throat> so number one, Cemetery Gates. Not a bad start by the top tens. No. no. Number not two, Cowboys from Hell. Great song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great song. That's a, it's, it's I feel like top, this it's is definitely very... on my top ten, if not top five. Sure. Number like three. This is they're like popular. Walk. Yeah. Oh, see, Walk's definitely on my top five. Mm-hmm. I don't love Walk. I love that song. I feel like, and and 
you know, kill me if, if you want for this, but I feel like Walk was very overplayed. Like that was the That's, one that I'll that might have that. been it. That might that. That. That 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 be why. I just because that was like the main one on the radio. See, and I missed it when it was overplayed. Like so, when even I hear a, it, even with the cover band, we added that because it's probably like the most well known. <laughs> we tried to add it. <laughs> Welcome by, boy. That could be another story for another day. <laughs> so maybe we can, when we actually get the band on, we can make <laughs> Number four, floods. The okay. Great Southern Trend Kill. Right, okay, all right. Uh, single most amazing solo has ever graced my ears, says uh, someone who calls himself AIDS 666. Yeah, like the disease. Oh, because I figured like paramedics, but that's fine. Because all of this is all of this is fan voting, so. Right. No, I I got you. Uh, fave dime solo ever, just amazing on the solo. Great techniques and rest in peace, dime bag. Uh, I feel best like it's very. <laughs> I mean, that's... It's all about the solo, man. Rides. Number five, Mouth for War. Vocal hmm. display of power. power. Five minutes alone. Wait, wait. Don't, don't do Sorry. that. Oh, don't slide down too far. What time? <laughs> what do you say? So moving right along. Number six, five <laughs> minutes alone. <laughs> do you know El, El Nino covered that song? Oh, that's pretty cool. Kind of. Do they still play? They do. do they? Okay. They do. Um, it was either last summer. Uh, it might have been two summers ago. They were actually they're play, they're, they're they're reduced to a smaller venue. Yeah. yeah. Like they played. Um, I assume they played well, yeah. Jewel in Manchester, New Hampshire. <laughs> which, if I if I look at the demo, like the 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 dynamics of it, it probably similar to Paradise. Okay. Like small. Which I would actually love. Right? No, it's because I like the small venue. Because our buddy Dan actually went to the yep. show and like he's been nothing but glowing about it. And I'm like, dude, fuck you, man. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? Like we Fushu try to ring. include everybody in our cool ass fucking concert crap, and then like somebody goes on like a cool concert concert thing and like whatnot, and like their their reaction to it is to come back and throw it in your face. That's douchey, but also. But I love you, Dan. If I can listening. appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I would too. It's like, dude, you missed this concert. It was yeah, so I, awesome. I mean, I've been there. <laughs> like six to midnight. Now, <laughs> 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 number seven, Ow. Domination, Cowboys from Hell. That's a good song. It's a great song. I stumbled upon that one kind of randomly. Outro is one of the sickest things I've ever heard. One of the uh, mm-hmm. fan comments. Yeah. Uh, best riff ever. Solo is amazing. Too bad dime. Oh, yeah, wait. No, pretty much. We have to. We have to move on, guys. Remember the. Remember the. The art. Um, number eight. I'm broken. Okay. Far beyond driven. Mm-hmm. I'm broken. Had a similar. Had a similar subject matter as the cemetery gates, if I'm not mistaken. Like Phil and Samuel had a buddy. Also, like it was a. It was a uh, suicide situation. Like, I think I remember reading that in the articles as I was doing, like, some extra research and, like, whatnot. But this is when he was trying to, like, really work his vocal range a little bit, like, more in, like, the modern. Trying to evolve. Mm-hmm. Great. Number nine. This love. Vulgar display song. of power. That's one of the ones that, like, starts and you're like, what is this? And then it's like, 
Oh. I love the dynamic when you take a heavy song and you start with like an acoustic. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Oh, and then do the switch up. Yep. Uh, I love switch ups. And then you just go fucking ballistic. Across music. You just go like ballistic with it. Like it's so cool, especially when it's done well. Mm -hmm. When it's Mm -hmm. done well, like it is so sweet. This is probably one of my favorite riffs of his too, this love. But have to... uh... But it does that thing where, like, it, like it's. I mean, I'm trying to think. Remember, like, when I was in like a live crowd because, like, they played this love like every single time that I saw him play. I saw him play, and like, you just do that thing where you're just kind of like swaying, and, then, you, and you know it's coming too. You have that yeah. pause because you got yeah. like, on, it got that build up. It's like do 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 do, and he's like, yeah, you know what's happening. You know what's about. See that guy next to you? Fuck him up. You didn't. Back when mosh pits were mosh pits. Okay, not and not. Asshole swinging. Yeah. Like an asshole. I'm going to send you to the hospital. Uh, they got pretty rough back then. They did, but I when they you. roughed you up, they picked you up. Now, I have a, uh, a good story. My, my brother, you know my brother, Phil. Yeah, he, uh, he went to. Who? I, the concert, I can't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember which one he was, but it's like one of his first ones, and he went into the pit. And like some, like you know, you get the strobe lights. So all you like there's black, and then like you would blink, and you see a dude wheeling back, and you're like, oh! And then all of a sudden you punch in the face, and he was down, and he crawled out of. I mean, my brother's a big kid, like you know, he's a, and he's like, I'm out. Like nope, no thank you, no thank you. Slight side note: last pit I ever tried to get into was Seven Dust. Okay. Um. The, the bitch black album. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, yeah, all right. Mm, just wipe off the cobwebs. I'm going to go in. And I took one step, and this dude went down with a broken nose. And I turned around and walked back out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, you'll be in, like, the mosh pit. And then this big, like, 30-foot big vest and the spike thing and you're like I, I am not I, no thank you no I'm too old how did you get in here with that <laughs> right they took my wallet chain away at the door how did you get let in <laughs> like they they scanned my phone you see him, like flying at you you're like and I'm dead <laughs> fucking shit dude, from like 1999 to probably 2005 there was a dude that I used to see at every single show that I went to and like I've, I've been to hundreds Hundreds of shows. I used to get to every festival. Like, I mean, I pretty much worked to go to music. Like, that's that's pretty much what I did. I worked to buy ticket to music. And there's this dude that was like dressed as like the Undertaker. He was like a spitting image of the Undertaker. Like, he was at every fucking show that I was at. And he would actually do that thing where he'd get up on the ropes and like he would just do like the shoulder charge and just like pound people. And then I've had people like they've they've caught me at a festival like, dude. You were at blah 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 show. I'm like, yeah, I was. He's like, dude, you take my hand. He's like, this fist hit me so hard right here, it made like a cut like over my eye. I'm like, oh my god, that sounds terrible. I'm so sorry, dude. I loved it. <laughs> okay. I thought like, that was completely accidental because it's not how I mosh. <laughs> Straight hand. <laughs> I remember. I go. That. I go open. I go open hand. <laughs> I, I'm up and down. So, I'm so up and down. I like the sh- I like the shoulder bump. Um, like I like to I like to like so I like to mash. About small uh, small story. I went to oddly enough it was a three days grace concert with my 
Actually, we won't talk about it. Um, there was a chick, and then they played Riot, which, I mean, that's the song the Mosh to. Chick with a full-blown cast and a sling. And she's fucking winging that shit around. I yeah. mean, like, like if a you're going to use like, everything you have at like, your disposal. Okay. When does it become a weapon? <laughs> like, there's got to be a line somewhere. Like, I'm still pretty stupid. Like, if I if I get at the right I live show, that way, if I if fine. I get at the live if I get at the right live show, like, I still want to be a part of it. Unless it's August Burns. Right I before, want like, to, but then I feel old, and I'm like, it was that one time, that one time that we couldn't really move a whole hell of a lot. Couldn't move at but all. We committed to the front, though. You have two we options did. at a metal show. You either commit to the front, you're gonna get fucking smashed. <laughs> Well, you're gonna feel it against your back, or be like, mm-hmm. you kind of hang out. I like suffered for being front back. row. Because what what will happen is the mosh pit will just get angry and it'll get towards the front. And yeah, it's like, you know what? We're well, that's why I say I suffered for being in the front. We're row. sick of those bitches like, in the front row. Let's or, go. Or, let's or go or beat them. Or an angry female <laughs> hammer fisting you in the head. Oh. <laughs> but I am still pretty stupid. Like I'll, I'll still I'll still mix it up I with the. Uh, I'm too old for that shit. I am too. But that's what makes it so much fun we because still, like we still do it here and there. I'm too old for that shit. I get like winded, like very easily. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you, you get like hurt getting out of bed. So you just bounce around like you don't even move yourself. You're like yep, I, I get hurt getting out of bed. You're like if the, I went into Christ, a mosh pit, you're like the I'd ball in the fucked. middle of hungry, hungry hippo. We were at the, <laughs> you're getting like the ends, and you're like shit. I don't know where to go, motherfucker. I don't know where to go. We were at the Avatar concert. I was actually trying to start a mosh pit just to get some space because like we were so crammed in. Like you could even start a mosh pit because like you just push it like you couldn't go anywhere My nobody fr- can those move. crowds are like you watch that one dude going this is the place for the mosh pit why is everyone shoulder to shoulder here my first my first video for that show like my phone went up and you see the guy walk out it starts and all of a sudden like like and all of a sudden like they start and the phone goes bye i was like Right. But you couldn't move, yes, like you were just you're just leaning. Like there was times I wasn't even on my feet. I'm just like, we're all going this way. <laughs> that's, I would say that's probably gonna be the biggest gripe for mosh pit fanatics is when the crowd is so big you can't, can't start move. a mosh pit. Remember there was that kid? Hey, you wanna mosh? Hey, <laughs> hey! You want, you want a mosh? Hey, do you mind if we mosh here? Like, who, the, who the fuck asked Pardon that? me, sir. Oh, that was at the... Would you happen... That was at the Max Epic. That was at the Nerds show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. Do you happen to have a mosh pit? Do you, do you want a mosh? Like, who the fuck asked that? Just do it. All right, we, di- we digress like <laughs> yes. something fierce. So but we're at number nine. This is what Pantera does. This love. We're at this love. That's yeah. a, that's that's probably why we're starting to talk about like, like live music, because this love is awesome. Number 10 on this list is Hollow, Vulgar Display of Power. See, I, I'm, I'm seeing a whole lot of vulgar display power right. on this. So that's that's. Well, the they're top. gonna get punched in the face 80 Fuck times. Yeah. You should probably get some love. For I that. mean, that motherfucker. <laughs> that made know, a song for he, him. He's going down in music history. Probably talks like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I'm not gonna go too much farther down the top tens list because like that was their top ten by the fan poll. But let's do some honorable mentions if you don't mind. Number eleven, fucking hostile. That's yeah. see, and that goes in my top five list. Number twelve, no, revolution is F my star, name. Star, 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 star. <laughs> Number twelve is revolution is my name. Good song. Right. Thirteen, drag the waters. Okay. Fourteen, the sleep. Fifteen, slaughtered. 16, Psycho Holiday. What's mm. the next one? Do one more. Number 17, Suicidal Note yeah. Part 2. Suicide Note. And I'm going to keep going with this one because this is actually one of my Anthony actual... Anthony because that's his B-side. This is actually one of my favorites. A New Level. 
Okay. I like the energy of a new level. Actually, you know what? Do one more. That's a good one. Too. Number 19, Becoming. I like the, the drums in that. Let's finish it out with a 20, then. Primal Concrete Sledge. All words that I completely <laughs> associate I with like Pantera. That's like Hammer's I mean, that like literally, like, fuck, piss, blood, shit. <laughs> Excretion. See, uh, other notables, yeah, the Great Southern Trend Kill was at number 28. Um, Goddamn Electric was at 32. Piss, that's a good one. That's actually yeah, like, a, like a Piss uh, was at 33. Bonus song too. Yesterday Don't Mean Shit, number 36. Message in Blood, very good song. So, I mean, it's a pretty tough field to uh, crack a top 10 in, but... Oh, yeah. That's some good stuff. Because, and, and let's say this now. You're out there. You're listening to us. You've listened to Pantera. You have your top ten list. Even if you don't have your top ten list, you have your top five. Share your top five with us. Yeah. yeah dude. Like. Where's Timmy? Oh, good God. I tried. I know. I know. Poor bastards working. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pause us right now. If I'm correct, I believe Machine Head actually had a concert where they did an entire Pantera. Machine Head? Hmm? <laughs> it is like it was one of their night with Machine Head, and they did a whole Pantera. Thing. I believe that. I believe that. He's 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 pretty um he's pretty cultured. Mm-hmm. So I got a um. I guess this is a uh, like kind of like disguised as like a heavy metal he- headline. Be back on board. Filters. The band filter. Yeah. Yes. Richard Patrick. Yes. Lead nice singer. shot, man. Lead singer. Nice shot, man, right? It would yeah. be a crime against music not to reunite Pantera's remaining living members. Just two. So Rex and Phil? So, the subject of a potential Pantera reunion came up frequently in recent years, with Vinnie Paul often dismissing the idea of continuing the band minus his brother. I think that's the thing. Is he has such a close relationship with his brother... I don't think they could think it wouldn't be the same. I respect that. It would have been one thing without Nimebag. Now, I mean, there, there, were, there were rumors yeah. of like well, have, Zach Wild and like, like whatnot, like filling in, which you know what, Zach Wild probably would have been like a killer fill in, but you know what, maybe Vinnie Paul didn't want to sit at a set, like, and not have his brother, like, right. in and front that's of like hurt. I said, it's such I mean, a close relationship. Hurt. So, uh, with Paul now deceased as well, Filters Richard Patrick has expressed his desire to see the band's two living members, Phil Ensemble and Rex Brown, find a way to revisit the music of their one-time group. In a social media posting, because we all love those, Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick states, frankly, it would be a crime against music not to put Pantera back together with trusted friends of Vinnie Paul and Dimebag, suggesting Zach Wilde and Ray Luzier as possibilities to uh, step in. Um, Somebody somebody educate me. Anybody know Ray Luzier? I, it, the name sounds awful familiar. Let me click this link real quick so I can be educated. Ray Luzier. Um, Smashing Pumpkins? No. Fu Manchu's epic. My computer's What's kicking the, the crap out of me right if now. If he was Smashing Pumpkins, he's... Ray Luzier. You see it? Far past. L-U-Z-I-E-R. Maybe you can look that up and I'll continue my... my uh, corn. Really? Mm-hmm. That's gotta so, be a new. That's gotta be a member of 2009. So he's the second drummer. So that's gonna be a. That's gonna be a new. Addition to corn, but. Uh, the singer adds that he realizes he may be stepping, stepping in it 
with such a statement, but he adds, please, for the love of music, know how much I love Vinny and Daryl. I know it's right after Vinny's death. I will take the heat. I understand I look insensitive, but for God's sakes, please bring Pantera back to us so we can celebrate the true memory of Vinny and Daryl as well as see the absolute mind-blowing living legends Phil and Rex. Search your feelings. You know I'm right. I want to argue. But and this goes back to our ACDC well, this conversation. Is, this is why I bring this up. Because remember, we, uh, Russ and Tom, talked about this. They wouldn't do the reunion without Dimebag. So now you have Phil and Rex, who are technically not original members. No. So, yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not... I mean, I know Re- Rex is, like, one bass player removed, and, right. like, Phil's, like, probably... Two. I, I understand... Uh, the, the the glam boys like stance as being like the only living member <laughs> of the original lineup, um, but it's 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 an interesting take. So I mean, how how would the how would the fans of Pantera take it now if they now decided to do the reunion after they've they've they, I mean it's it's literally been ten years. I think if you're going to approach something like this, the people that you replace Vinny and Dimebag with change at every venue you get someone you, kind of do you, like a star power kind of a yes. thing like Phil Ensemble and Friends yes kind of it, a deal you like, get I think like you could make these names that, that are like so big salute to Pantera Phil yes, Ensemble exactly. and company kind yes. of a deal or Phil, like Phil and Rex and company like kind Pan, of thing like Pantera make like all star lineups or Pantera like Ode to Pantera sure and, but then, but the names you get to replace them are so big. But doesn't it's that? But doesn't that even? That even sounds like a money grab. It does, but I feel like that's the only way you. I can... I mean, you can have you can have all the best intentions in the world if like you're. I, I would just hate to see them get lambasted by like the general public, right? Because I mean, and yeah, that's it's it's a tough call. It's a tough you know, call. It's already been ten years. Since Dimebag passed, that's madness. Like it's been a decade. There's a decade of people right now. Like there's a young generation of people that know Pantera but don't know Pantera. <laughs> that's, right. That's harsh. That's that's a. So the fact that now both of the Abbott brothers are are are, are gone, are are long our, gone our, now. Our like to do. I, it's. It's an interesting take from like another member of the world. It's okay, like so you're begging for like, for like, like bring back Pan- like the the soul of Pantera, but like, I don't know, like you kind of waited for the soul to like, uh, like go. The soul, <laughs> the soul has given up the ghost. And not the conspiracy theory. I've I've always wondered because I mean Vinnie Paul's been busy. Right. Like, no, I mean, yes. well, I mean, so has Phil. In all fairness, yeah. I mean, right? I mean, Phil, like he's got his his Phil and Tom on the illegals now. Like he's had a like he's got his big hardcore thing. Like uh, Vinnie Paul, like hell yeah, is all over the place. They, I, they, I mean, they were big though. They, they got up. And I mean, they're, they're they're still they're still very prominent. They're they're, they're on super like, group. Like, like yeah, yeah. and they, they put they put out new material like something fierce. Like they mm-hmm. just keep pumping it out. Like there's like new stuff. So I mean, I there's a part of me that actually always thought like a part of the reunion like not getting together was there might have been like a little bit like built up spite from like the way that like it did end, kind of a thing. So mm. 
Not saying that like him like hiding behind his brother, not being there, being a cop out, but he's like, you know what? It didn't go so well at the end, and my bro is not there, and you know what? I'm pretty busy. Yeah. Well, sometimes you wonder too, like as someone who has been friends with musicians, sometimes you wonder who was the diplomat in the band. Like, who's the one who smoothed over arguments? I mean, outside looking in, I would actually think, like, Phil Ensemble is probably, like, thinking to himself, like, dude, I would love to do a freaking Pantera reunion right now. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, that would, like, help me, like, probably, oh, God, like, yeah. huge. Yeah. Not that, like, he's not huge on his own, but... But, still, I mean... His new music is garbage. I'm sorry. Phil Ensemble and the Illegals? It's noise. I've given it a, I've given it a, a quick gloss over, so I'm not, I'm not going to offer any... Like actual, but it's it's noise. It's I haven't even. I didn't. There. I didn't like down. Yeah. Like they were better live than they were recorded. It's just one of those things. Is you have Pantera, and you have Phil, and you're like, well, just let's have Pantera. It's a tough call because okay, let's look at the Doors. Okay. Jim Morrison passed. They didn't do Jack, and it was like 30 years after. 25, 30 years after Jim Morrison passed, that they did, I forget what they called themselves, it was like The Doors 2 or something. The Doors shit. Open! It, like, it, it was some weird shit like that. The, and, the Doors Unhinged, that'd and be awesome. Ian Astbury of the Knobs Cult. The, the Cult. Why are you slobbing up? He did lead vocals. Now, and the thing is, is they went, they got someone prolific as fuck to replace them. Um, so the question is, is, is that the kind of thing that you do? You wait that amount of time because these, these members are so part of the blood and soul of the band. It's tough. It's I, um, a tough call. Don't, going with the, the whole um, replacement, whole nine yards, I got to see uh, Boston three three years ago, roughly. Now, mind you, their guitarist is the only living member left. The only. They had three other guitarists. They had a drummer, and they had a uh, singer. They're one of those 70s bands. But the thing is, is they were flawless. The lead singer was right on point with everything. I mean, like, it was good. But at like, what point are you listening to And that's cover the thing. That's, that's the line. And not the band. I feel like that's the line that the listener has to make. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. let me twist it. Let's say it did happen. Maybe not right away. Because, I, I mean, obviously, if they started something like The Fall, I think, I, I don't know. That's, that's a little quick. Yeah. But maybe... What if we said like, like three, three, four, five years from now? To what if three, four, five years from now, like they, they actually set it up? You get Phil, you got Rex. They they create like an all star lineup, and it's meant to be like a tribute sure. to like, like kind of. Like, I think people embrace it. Like one, would that sell? Yes. Oh, fuck yeah! Like would, it, would it would sell stadiums. Fuck yeah! Agreed. Fuck yeah! Look at um Two. Sublime with Rome. I and would bring up. Huge. I'll bring up another group. Um, um, Trying to pull. Okay. 
Lost their lead singer. Lost their lead singer very early. Still produced music under mm-hmm. Drowning Pool. And Rob Zombie stepped in right at the beginning. And I will, I'll give that guy a lot of credit because I've actually saw the guy from Soil stepped in for mm-hmm. a couple songs as well. I saw the, um, I saw the new entity of Drowning Pool like after the fact, and like he does nothing but praise what the original guy was. Like he, like he dedicates a lot of the the song, a lot of the sets. Like this is like this is what he would want. This is what he'd want to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. So like it's it's all it's always more of like a tribute. Like he doesn't right. glorify himself like being like sure. the new frontman. Like he kind of, which that's a tough way to roll. Oh yeah, I mean especially if you're trying to grow his band. Sure. Is he living in the past? Like I, I want to yeah. be my own, like own entity. Mm-hmm. Like that movie Rockstar where he just fills in for like. <laughs> Right. Singer kind of a thing. Um, that's how I actually see it being successful. Wait two, three years, get Phil and Rex together. Go full on tribute. Do the All Star. Do a full on tribute. Yeah. Like you'll have like a memorial, like somewhat, like something on like the screens, like a bunch of like huge screenshots of these guys. I mean, my God, you could forget. I mean, these are rock. The Randall, gods the, we're the, talking about the Randall equipment point. will like go nuts for like another friggin' half a decade, because that's what Dimebag Daryl played. Sure. That's ahead of my guitar. Literally, <clears throat> yep. Randall. Th- these are rock legends, rock gods that we're talking about right now. And so I wanted to bring up the uh, I wanted to bring up the news. We're actually doing all right. We started later, so. <laughs> Unless you want to go to bed. No. <laughs> um, it was an, it's an, you know, it's an interesting take, but, like, with what he's trying to do, I mean, like, asking for something like that, like, right away, I think is inappropriate. Not going to necessarily, like, But you as a, a fan, you think differently than someone on Ground Zero. Okay. So well, maybe, as a fan, let me well let me tell you the difference. Like, if we actually did the way that I said, if like it's like two or three years from now, and like Phil, Phil and Rex like got together, did did the tribute, the All Star lineup, that would be something I'd buy a ticket for. Yeah. Sure. If I see a Pantera reunion tour in October this year, I'm gonna be like, mm. mm-hmm. cash grab. Right, and it, it it also depends how you word it because like. You're either a tribute to what you had, or you're a reunion. T- well, you're not a reunion tour, but your heart and soul is gone. Like they're dead. They're but they, they rest in peace. Like thoughts and prayers. Like we all love this and like shedding tears. Like currently, this is the difference between Credence Clearwater Revival and Credence Clearwater Redemption. Okay. But you know what I'm saying, though. Like, yes. If, that, if that's how it worked out. Like, if, if there was all of a sudden a Pantera reunion in October, there's going to be, like, revolts in the street. Like, as far as I'm I concerned, you're playing... I wouldn't want to piss off the Pantera fans. Uh, no, no, no. Musically right. speaking, I you wouldn't wait, want to piss off the Pantera I'm, fans. I mean, it could even be a money grab I've two or three years. Mad. They're angry motherfuckers. You can... I mean... Honestly, if you wait two or three years, it would, st- it, would still probably, it would still probably be like a money grab then, but then it's respectable. It's At like, that point, you, the wounds have healed. It's well, like, at least, you know, it closed The tribute that. to Pantera Tour versus the Pantera Reunion. There's, there's yeah. no reunion anymore. There's right. no it's, reunion. You can't it, use the word reunion. No. Like that, At this point, we're, we're beyond reunion. Right. At this point, we're beyond on driven. to, we're respecting our fallen comrades. 
like the Hell Yeah reunion tour. It's like, <laughs> right? Oh. Just kidding. I feel like that may happen before Pantera. No, unfortunately, what's going to happen with Hell Yeah? Because they're still very, like they're, they're still very prominent. They're just going to, they're going to fill it. Just fill it. And like thoughts, prayers, yeah, I, I feel memorials. like that's going to piss people the fuck off. Well, I don't know. Fifty-fifty. I'll go with fifty-fifty. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I feel a lot of Hell Yeah's fan base may not be as a tune. They might not be. Like, and that's, that's why I say, say a fifty-fifty. That's. I don't want to say that. I, I don't want to say that either. But you, you guys exactly know what I'm talking about. Right. It's yeah. like, well, okay, who's that? You know what I the, mean? They have the opportunity because, like, the icon of Vinnie Paul is not with Hell Yeah. Right. Right. You think Vinnie Paul? You're thinking Pantera. Correct. You might even go as far as, far as say like Damage Plan, like the other side mm-hmm. stuff that like he did prior to like right. Hell Yeah. But Hell Yeah, I don't think is like his number one like. Like, they'll be able to fill in. He actually has a great opportunity to even market the shit out of this. Like, the, what's his face from Mudvayne? Like, the, the names Chad, escape me. Chad something. The, uh, Chad Gray. And, and, and I'm sorry that the names escape me all the Chad time. Chad Gray. He'll probably take full advantage of this because he used to do this back in Mudvayne. When there was, like, a tragic situation with, like, any of his bands, he'll post a tribute. There'll be a mural. Like, there'll be dedications. He'll get the crowd all like all fired up. He now has a whole opportunity to tour for the next five years doing Vinnie Paul tributes and mu- and murals and, and, and memorials. Do a Pantera cover, like I'm a, man, like that guy could like market off this. Sh- and I'm not knocking him for that. Like you know, it's probably smart business. And but I have to stop my eye twitch. <laughs> but I mean, hell yeah, we'll we'll survive this a lot quicker than yeah. a Pantera reunion tour. <laughs> yeah. So, this is what I'll bring up. What I challenge you guys, and without doing like minimal research, just off the top of your head, um, greatest, Pantera, greatest Pantera album ever, and why? Cowboy somehow. I feel like that was their kind of push out there. <laughs> like, hey, look at me. I mean, Cowboy Smell, personally being, I think, one of the most popular, most best song, even, if you want to push it here and there. But I, I also believe there's a, there's a, a slew of memorable songs on that album oh, sure. as well. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> that would be my... And and I mean, I there's a bunch of songs on it. It's probably coming as no surprise to anybody listening to this podcast. Vulgar display of power for me. Okay. Um, well, but, but, uh, that's also very good. Absolute, like kicking the teeth the entire album. Plus, fucking hostiles. I mean, I <clears throat> and you know, vulgar display of power. I mean, fucking hostile walk. Mm-hmm. I mean anthemic songs not just fan favorite these are anthemic sure these are Pantera at their you hear two chords you hear two notes I feel like this is where Pantera found themselves they were like like you hear two notes off of a song you know know what it is most solid they they found their calling 
and I don't know. It, it, it it's always what 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 jumps into into me musically when I think Pantera mm-hmm. is vulgar display power. Well, it's now the dude's face is gonna be stuck stuck. Oh, uh, you know, hey, eighty times. I double up. I, I, if I had to pick any of them, it's vulgar display of power. It's um, fucking hostile. This walk. love. You I know, walk is on there. Songs. Walk is on there, but like I said, I'm not in love with walk. It might have been because rise that, is very good. I enjoy rise. Rise is very good. I lo- I love the song. A new level. level I love I love the I love the way it starts. I love like. I actually like that style of play. Hmm. I mean, we play. We actually play some of that that kind of style, like mm-hmm. the, the 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 the. I don't even know what you want to call. Me neither. I'm too I'm too many beers in to like, describe it completely. But the 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 barring notes with like the quick transitions yeah. and like a nice melodic flow to it. Uh, our song "Carry Away." Can't wait to sh- share with everybody. <laughs> To this day, Fucking Hostile is a song I keep on almost every one of my musical devices. If I've had a bad day, I mean, even if in the I've car had something you, going on... Every time it comes on, like, you're like, keep it. I play that song. And I'll always go back to this love. And I have an outlet. They have that transition from that nice, soft, clean, to the just crazy, just punch somebody in the head, mm. like craziness... Back to the nice, soft, clean, like everybody just be calm, like shake hands, yeah. like we're all being friends, and then just cool more crazy fucking craziness, and like the build up and the drop, like there's this, it's a, it's an emotional roller coaster, and yeah. I just, I just fucking dig that about that. I, yeah, I'm, all, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there. But that's pretty awesome. Final thoughts, guys. I think we covered a, a good amount. R.I.P. Vinny. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Dimebag. To the surviving members, do your thing. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like Legends. End of an mm-hmm. era. Legends. End of an era. That's true. You know what? You say that too. End of an era. It will never be that way. All right, I'll give it to you. It will never be that way ever again. I mean, with the with the sheer volume that music gets produced now, and the 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 attendance levels at like live shows, like it's never gonna be the way it was. It's gonna be as dedicated. You know what I mean? No, you're you're never gonna maybe get so. Those, I mean, I, I, those late '90s, early thousands Pantera shows never gonna happen ever again. I remember some some shows like Iron Maiden, Megadeth, where it's just like a field of people, You're and you like, can't see the back. And and you realize how small you are, but that you're part of that massive fan. It's what I mean. Monster. And that's and what I call it, a fan this monster. This is going to be this is a semi-sidebar, but it's going with what we're doing. We actually went to see Slipknot. Uh, Corey Taylor put, put out a good point. The fact that, um, you know, you have your country, you have your pop, you know, you have all your different genres, but metal is, for some reason, the people who listen to metal, enjoy metal, they are the most in tune with each other. They are the closest group mm. of people 
compared to a family. You know what I mean? Well, and this, and, and let me let me let me boil it down just a, sure. a little bit more to the pit. When you're in the pit, and you can literally look at the guy who just broke your jaw, and be like, "We're cool, dude." Right. I mean, seconds later, sure. we're cool, dude. I mean, that says something right. about the connection right. that the music brings mm-hmm. with with. And like Marcus said, it's like a family. It's yeah. You've never met any right. of these people, but you feel close to these people, right. and and you know what I mean. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. You're not just at a random show with a bunch of random people. Yeah. You're, you're at a show with people who enjoy it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole different feeling. It's hard to explain it to is. someone who doesn't understand it. it but it goes back to, I mean, we kind of we, we were trying to compare this like before. It's like you know, like we're we're all so affected by the fact that like Vinnie Paul passed. Mm-hmm. Like we all feel like we lost somebody. It's like these are our friends. Like these are our friends. Mm-hmm. We're all getting together as a group of friends that we've never met known before don't know anything about each other but like we all came for like this one purpose and and, and with that being said gentlemen we raise our glass ah America we raise our glass to Vinnie Paul R.I.P. Vin may there be a fucking drum set wherever the fuck you are and piss somebody the if not, I fuck think, off if not I think Dave Grohl has one with the devil so. I mean seriously like Dime bags there. He's got his fucking. His, 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 he's waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Play the fuck out of whatever venue you're at, motherfucker. Heavy metal over a six pack. I mean, we we, we wanted we wanted today to be um, a, tri- a tribute to like literally the gods. Right. What 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 we consider the gods, and I mean. Ho- Hopefully we're lucky enough to. Hopefully we're not, we're lucky enough to not have to uh, consider doing episodes like this in the future. Right. May our uh, may our uh, our uh, dynasties uh, reign on. Mm-hmm. But hey, this the, this was awesome. I mean, you know what? You you got three you got three people here. Like we did a lot of this off of memory. We did. This was a much ve- put in here blind, and I think it went okay. This was a very organic episode. The heart went into it. Mm-hmm. Not to not to make us sound unprepared, but we didn't do a lot of show prep prior no, to this one. Like we all just kind of came in with our own with our with our own angles, and I, I think you're gonna enjoy this episode. So thank you for enjoying. Um, any feedback? If you, I mean, share on our Facebook page. Like if you got videos, and like share YouTube stuff. I mean, send us emails. I mean, if you want to give us like some feedback, if you want to give us some comments, anything that we can share on the air. Anything you like, uh, go give us a review. Like I said, we we have uh, all kinds of outlets to go find us now. And hell. And if not, walk on by, boy. Want <laughs> <laughs> to review some beer real quick? Yeah. Let me get a quick one. I have Dogfish Head Dragon's Yum Yum, uh, which actually we just learned recently is actually a collaboration with the Flaming Lips, as in the band. Yeah, we read the box. It is lip-smackingly tropical pale ale. I should have realized by the artwork. But anyway. um, 
my uh, my father drinks the 90 minutes, and they will fuck your shit up. They, I mean, they're brutal. Um, this is actually it's it's refreshing. Dogfish. Dogfish pretty good. I mean, I mean they're have they're they will heavy fuck in your general. Day, yeah. Um, this is is nice and fruity. It's um it is a it is a pale ale essentially. Um, so it's not an overkill in the the fruity department. Mm. I think crazy it's actually, smooth. Yeah, crazy I think it's smooth. actually a uh, mm. pretty good blend. Um, I would give it a give it a four. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I have this uh, I have this beer called the Mighty Squirrel. I'm reading the side. I like the, I mean, the name itself. I dig it. Conquer. Ipswich. Like it. Get a bad fur day. Conquer's bad fur day. I mean Ipswich, Massachusetts, man. Hey. So I'm going s- semi-local. Where my fish comes from. They gotta get, they get this killer squirrel. green can with like a, a mighty mighty ass squirrel. On <laughs> mighty <there>. squirrel. Like, <laughs> li- lime or cucumber. That's what I'm thinking is coming out of that can. Well, I went with a kiwi white. Okay. So this is a Belgium white style like kiwi. Um, refreshing Belgium style wheat ale with orange peel and notes of kiwi and mango. Ooh. Now. Now, do you taste any of that? Because that, that's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not overpowering. So, so Belgium it. white. So, it's, so it's, it's, a, it's a Belgium a white. Like if you, if you drink like an Allagash. I was gonna say yeah, an Allagash, Allagash white. white. Take like an Allagash white and kind of smooth it out like a smidge. Okay. It's not very tart. You don't get like crazy with the orange, which I like. But I dig like mango and like I, I you know, what? if there's kiwi in there, I'll take their word for it. I love kiwi. I'm a big kiwi. Kiwi is good. I'm huge on kiwi. I, I, mean, I don't I, eat a lot. But I mean, aside from the fact that they're not the hairy it. testicle of the fruit world. <laughs> not, but you but know, once not you take that hair off, it's I mean, nice. You know, we're not nice. drinking. We're not drinking kiwi juice by any means. But you know what? This is light. It's smooth. Like it's. It's actually. I mean, that's that's, that's a fulfilling beer, man. Like if you're All in the right. Belgian white, you're you're yeah. gonna dig the mighty squirrel. And if Ipswich Mass, if you guys got a brewery, here I come. I hope you have a growler because you'll fit nicely on my wall. I'm giving it four out of six. Listen to it. Get a growler. Marcus is the growler king. Do it. If you don't have a growler, I'm never coming back. Do it. I'm not going to Littleton to find your beer again. I, on the other hand, showed up with vodka vodka and some juice. So I was given a beer to to review, and apparently it's a beer that, that, that there has been a reluctance to review on heavy metal over a six pack. Or anything, um, to be honest yeah. with you. I, and it's called Dragon's Milk. And the the bottle is in the recycling bin already. I don't know who brews it. I don't know. It's an ale. Um, or porter. Or the fuck it is. 10%. I mean, if you're looking to get fucked the fuck up, go to it. Dragon's Milk. And, alright. Thank you, Anthony, for being the responsible one. New Holland Brewing, Dragon's Milk. Bourbon Barrel, aged stout. Um, Can I just throw in there, when they when we poured the rest of that bottle down the toilet and it splashed up over the toilet seat, it looks like diarrhea all over the toilet seat. And, you know... And it's probably how it tastes. Slutty diarrhea. That's exactly how it tastes. Um, what do you mean it's like that's how it tastes? Now, apparently... Well, it's been I, a long I time have since I've actually tasted this beer, because you know I what? nightmares been, about that. Apparently, I, wake up like, I have yeah, been I got able that to ghost drink... Sit, I got that ghost sitting in my refrigerator. ...more yeah. of this beer than they have, because they were grossed out No, I shut down a bottle me. of that bullshit. Yeah, I took one out, really? too. Really? You did? 
good on you. Well, you have to. It's like it's like listening to the B sides. You can't just judge a book by its cover. You got to get all the way to the bottom of the glass, and then you can decide that it truly sucks. Now, and you only give that to your worst enemies. My Sorry, official Jack. my official review is Dragon's Milk by New Holland Brewing. Um, quote unquote, as I initially drank it, it's like a lic- licorice stick. Face fucked me. And, and, and really, that's where I stopped. Um, while I probably would have been able to power down a bottle, I wanted to be able to drive home. Um, it is a high alcohol content. So we gave him single malt whiskey. So, somewhat, yeah, which, I mean, just makes everything better. Um, You're welcome, Mrs. J. Uh, it, I mean, I forgot all about the face fucking. <laughs> um, someone out there is going to enjoy this beer. Unfortunately, it You're is sick and twisted not me, and it is not any of the hosts on, on Heavy Metal over a six-pack. Give it a zero. Do it. Do it. Do it! I want to give it a one simply right. because of high alcohol content. Right. I'm a sucker for high that. alcohol content. That. One for the 11%. I, like I mean, this is <laughs> like, you want to drink and get <laughs> fucked like asshole, but I fuck up. I mean, you want to get fucked up by a beer? Dude, have you tried my Dragon's bath- milk. Have you tried my bathtub moonshine? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly. that. Uh, I give it a one strictly because this beer will fuck you the fuck up. It won't call you in the morning. It will like it's 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 gonna go through your fridge before it takes its fucking Uber home, okay? It's gonna eat your leftovers from the Chinese food place, okay? That you went to last night and picked it up at. I got that at the gas station. And then the next morning you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be like. What happened last night? And you're going to get a random text that says, Dragon's Milk. And you're going to feel the face fucking all over again. Ladies and gentlemen, that is another tasty treat from Heavy Metal over a six-pack. We appreciate you. That's why he's a dragon master. (laughs) We appreciate you hanging with us today. As always... Like, share, listen, repeat. Like, tell a friend about us. Go check us out on any of these uh, outlets. Now we have Google Play. We have iTunes. We have the Podomatic um, website and app. We have um, iTunes um, TuneIn Radio app. We have iHeartRadio. I mean, we, we're very findable. All of these apps are absolutely free. Just search us on fucking Google, you dicks. We're Go- number one fucking response from fucking Google. Sorry, I had to go care. check us See what out. Happens. <laughs> this is why we say no to dragon's milk. We link, we Whoa. link, we try to link everything we do on Facebook and Podomatic. So go find us on Facebook, Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack, Twitter and Instagram. I'll be completely honest; I'm not so super duper with those, but I am on there at HMOA number six P A C K, and uh, email us directly. Currently, HMOA number six P A C K at gmail.com. and. Uh, Hey, we love you guys. We love Pantera. We love music, and we love doing this for you. So uh, share the love with us, and uh, we'll be back. Anything for the people? Thank you. 
Vaya con Dios. That is the end of this episode. Another fun-filled day in the world of heavy metal over a six-pack. This is Anthony, Marcus, and Jay signing off. See you next time.